Howdy folks, welcome to Ronin Rabbit, a Yusagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Today's topic is Usagi Ojimbo, Volume 1, Issue 25, cover dated November 1990, entitled The Bridge. And this issue was put out by Fantagraphics. We're still in the Fantagraphics era of Usagi for quite a bit more here. Near as I can tell, the only character of note is our protagonist, Usagi Ojimbo himself. Uh, neither the antagonist nor any of the ancillary characters really struck me as anyone that will show up again. If they do, I'll be surprised and probably won't recognize them as having first appeared in this story anyways. Other than the antagonist, I, I would recognize uh, him, her, it. So the story uh, starts off with uh, our first panel. We see Usagi. Perhaps you can tell from the background of the panel uh, that it's raining, perhaps not as far as Usagi's appearance, but he does definitely look to be trudging. He's got his head down a little bit and his brow furrowed. But then on the next page, the way that Mr. Sakai has drawn it, you can see that he is indeed uh, rain-swept. It, it, it's a pouring, apparently, and if you refer back to the first panel, uh, the drawing can certain, certainly be interpreted that way, that it is raining in the background. But now you can see it actually on him. Um, he thinks to himself, gads, what foul weather, and then exclaims at the sky, grr, stop raining on me. And then he continues his trudging mutter, 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 mutter. So I, I take it that the, the weather has been bad uh, probably for a period of time. It's not just, you know, as we see him, but he has apparently been traveling in this uh, for some time and uh, has finally had enough of it. Comes upon a bridge, uh, a wooden bridge over some sort of uh, canyon, and on the other side of the bridge, uh, the bridge is an inn that he decides, well, that looks like a good place to stay for the night. At the very least, it will get me out of and keep me out of the weather. Well, he's crossing the bridge, and we see as he's crossing, we see, or I see what I interpret as a rather interesting bolt of lightning. Uh, not only visually, but it's interesting enough that Usagi is uh, taken aback by it, and drawing his sword, uh, lashes out as if you know he was being followed to warn something off. But then when he looks, there's nothing there. Continuing on across the bridge, he thinks to himself, probably just shadows, lightning and thunder causing me to imagine things not there. So he makes it to the inn, and when he enters, he sees that there appears to be uh, three other travelers, and then the couple that are the caretakers for the inn. And as is uh, pretty traditional, you know, when somebody comes into an end, an inn, excuse me, um, the discussion revolves initially around their travels. And so the company, the, the the caretakers, excuse me, are asking Usagi, you know, f where does he come from? And he said, well, he, you know, has been out all night, just crossed the bridge, and this looked like a good place to stop. And they were uh, taken aback by the fact that he said that he had just crossed the bridge. Uh, the husband of the caretaking man and wife uh, exclaims, the south, you crossed the bridge? Impossible. And Usagi's like, you know, very uh, surprised by this because, of course, that is what he just did. He he just did it. And 
they relate to him that the bridge is inhabited by a demon who attacks people on moonless nights and kills them, carrying them away. And we find that the couple lost their son in that very manner. A couple of the guests also chime in and say, you know, they too have heard stories about the evil spirits uh, involved in this bridge and are so believing that they were traveling also from the other direction but had stopped for the night at the inn until the light of morning, the light of day, at which point it is safe to cross the bridge without uh, fear of harassment. Well, you know, of course, Usagi keeps up. He, he knows what he did, and he knows he wasn't attacked. And he starts to think that, well, you know, maybe maybe something's wrong with these folks. Maybe they're not right. Uh, I probably should go ahead and see what else there is available. I, I don't know that I want to stay tonight with these crazy people. And Usagi turns to go, you know, saying that he apologizes for any any kerfluffle that he might have caused, but he's going to continue on his way. And as he turns around, the husband uh, exclaims that his back, uh, and we see as it's drawn that there are claw marks on his back, and the wife says, your clothes look like they've been raked by a giant claw. Well, at this point, Usagi must have decided to stay, because the next panel we have is a rooster crowing on the bridge, uh, which to me signifies not only is it morning, but it is safe enough for the rooster to be that close to the bridge and not be in fear of anything. So the husband caretaker wakes up Usagi. We see that uh, he left his clothes with the woman of the house to be repaired. The husband gets Usagi's attention and they rush out. He is telling Usagi that there's something that that he must see, Usagi must see. And they get to the bridge, and there lying on the bridge is the forearm and and hand uh, that terminates in a nasty, long-nailed claw, like the you know, like the the arm of some creature had been cut off at, at about midway up the forearm, and it's just laying there on the bridge. Well, the the townspeople are, are remarking back and forth about it, and Usagi thinks to himself that. Um, that that must have been, you know, something that occurred last night because he did remember feeling that he was being followed. He slashed out with his sword. His raiments were clawed, and so indeed there had been something there. And this must have he he must have hit whatever creature this was. So he decides that they um, need to get the claw. Uh, Usagi identifies it as a demon claw. I guess just because it's evil looking, it must belong to a demon. Um, he says that they need a priest to exercise the claw, and that's E X O R C I S E, exercise. And one of the travelers says that he'll go back into the village, which must be the 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 way that Usagi was going on in that direction, because that's where they head off to, and. Usagi feels that they'll keep the claw because if it is indeed a demon claw, without a portion of its body, its power will be lessened. So we have several panels where uh, we see the bridge. It's going into night. It's nighttime. And we see this odd, sparky kind of explosion thing on the bridge. And then darkness again. Then we cut to the... 
uh, in itself, and we see that Usagi is still here. He's having a, an evening meal, and another traveler comes in. Um, I'm not sure why. I guess just to show us that this still is a working inn, and there are still people traveling around. Kind of, I guess, to lend a, a, a note of, of normalcy to what is going on right now. And then after this, we see an old woman come in. And she refers to Usagi and says, Excuse me, samurai. Usagi engages in conversation. Yes, old woman. She says, I've heard it said that you took the hand of the bridge demon. That is true, he says. Please show it to me. And she, she has this very exuberant look on her, fa- on her face. My husband was slain by that demon. If I see that severed hand, I would have exacted a small amount of revenge. And Usagi thinks, and he says, well, I don't know. It could be dangerous. It's probably wiser to wait for the priest before viewing the hand. Uh, She continues, but samurai, would you deny an old woman her request? And the new traveler uh, chimes in, yeah, samurai, don't be heartless. Usagi responds, still kind of hesitant, well, perhaps it would be all right. It's in the kitchen, and I'll bring it to you. And she still very gleefully says, thank you, samurai. And so Usagi walks back from the kitchen, carrying it in his hand, all wrapped up as it was when they extracted it from the bridge. And, and the old woman, as she's standing there, changes into a demon. And she attacks Usagi, and we see that one of her hands, and I am saying her because it took the human form of a female. Uh, I really don't know what the gender is of this particular demon. Uh, we'll say it, I guess. It attacks Usagi, and he drops the hand Uh, And it picks it up, and as it unwraps the wrapping, it sees that rather than being its hand, that rather what Usagi has brought from the kitchen is a a daikon, which is a version of, it's a type of radish that's native to that part of the world. And the demon realizes that it's a trick, at which point Usagi attacks. A battle ensues uh, between Usagi and the demon, there's a, a scene here that I have seen reflected in TV shows and movies where the horribly evil, perhaps even possessed person crawls up a wall, probably backwards up into the corner of the building between two walls and the ceiling. Well, the demon does that, and as Usagi attacks, it disappears, only to reappear beneath Usagi, grab him by the ankle and fling him across the room, pretty much uh, knocking him semi-senseless. The demon presses the attack, asking where its claw is, and Usagi realizes that he has fallen across the room next to it, grabs up the covered claw, and holds the claw near the fireplace, the stove, and tells the demon to stop its advances or it will burn the hand up. The demon doesn't believe him, and so to uh, show that he's serious, he sticks the hand partially into the fire. It catches fire, and the demon screams, clutching at its arm and disappears with a flash. That's that's what it says here. And it's a bright flash of light also because we can see shadows on Usagi. So the the folks here are all rather astonished with what's happened. And they're questioning Usagi, you know, wow, how did you uh, how did you do that? How did you know what was going to happen? And he said, "Well, 
he had noticed when she came in that uh, she didn't have a left hand and thought that it could be convenient, but knew that without a portion, again, of its body, that the demon would be less powerful and so would be in search of uh, reacquiring that portion of its body so it could become whole again and at full power. So they all go outside. Several of the citizens from town, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, show up. So uh, 11, and then we have four people from the inn and Usagi. So there's like 16 people running around now. And Usagi is going for the final confrontation with the demon. He has the hand, and he approaches the bridge and calls the demon out, saying, Hanya, I have what is yours. Unless you want it destroyed, appear before us. And uh, indeed, the demon does appear out of a wisp of smoke on the bridge. Usagi is just off the bridge on the inside. That's the side that the inn is on, not like the opposite of outside. Um, they talk back and forth, the, the demon and Usagi, to no avail. And then we see that the traveler that came into the inn right before the demon apparently has been mesmerized and is under the demon's control because the demon causes that traveler to attack Usagi from behind. He's thrown to the ground, uh, throwing the, the hand out away from him, you know, as, as you often see in battle when the person that is holding something falls to the ground, what they're holding gets thrown or scattered or whatever. It does happen. Uh, the The... To the, the Usagi defeats the traveler. He is but a traveler after all. And Usagi and the demon face off. The demon seems to have something on Usagi just by the way it's acting and the way it's speaking. And Usagi is a little curious, but he's trying to maintain his, his battle uh, leeriness, shall we say. And we see that the hand... Uh, as it is still part of the demon, and I say that in quotes, the demon can control it from a distance. So suddenly the hand, the claw, jumps up and grabs Usagi's sword arm at the same time that the demon itself physically attacks Usagi. So Usagi is able to throw throw down the claw, but the female demon uh, gets the better of him and, and actually is, is winning the battle because it's one clawed hand is is acting as would a a sword or a knife or something like that being used in much the same way and as the demon is summoning up the the last powerful stroke let's say that will dispatch usagi usagi in turn manages to grasp his sword and as he's advancing on the demon the demon is using uh control of weather against Usagi. Wind and rain now. And we see one panel here of the townspeople and people from the inn um, in fear uh, that Usagi is going to lose, in fear of the good guys losing the battle, but I also assume in fear of, well, after Usagi, they're probably next. And so they're gathered here in this one panel, and we see the sky. And the sky is this rolling tumult of drawing much akin to that uh, Japanese painting that you've probably seen. I believe it's the name of the painting is Tsunami, 
with the little boat, the little rowboat and the person in it and the, the, the angry ocean, but the sky is these swirl patterns uh, denoting the angriness of the sky. And, and that really struck me of the way that Mr. Sakai drew this, that it was in much the same manner as that painting. It put me in mind of that painting as soon as I saw it. So the villagers and everyone runs off. Usagi continues to advance, but he's not making much leeway because of the, the elemental fury that the demon is throwing at him. Until finally the the demon senses that she has Usagi on the ropes, uh, again launches herself at him physically, knocks him down, grabs him by the throat with its good claw, and has called the dismembered claw to it. So as this is happening, the innkeeper husband is standing there, watches the claw gets closer and closer and closer to Usagi. Finally, um, overcoming, I believe, this, this fear that he has watching this transpire, overcoming also his guilt, perhaps, and what happened to his son, seeing that this is an opportunity that he has finally to avenge his son, he grasps one of the lanterns that the villagers are, are holding and runs over to the claws that's just about to get to Usagi and slams the lantern on the claw, catching the claw on fire. As the shopkeeper, the innkeeper saw earlier, this pain does transmit, translate to the demon physically, and as it exclaims in pain, clutching at its severed forearm, Usagi takes the opportunity, gains his sword, and cuts the demon's head off. Uh, the demon dies. As soon as the demon dies, the bridge starts to uh, shake and, and tremble. Everybody runs off of the bridge to the uh, terra firma on the inn side, the town side of the bridge, and the bridge crumbles behind them. Um, Usagi says, now it's over. But you'll have to join together and build a new bridge. The innkeeper says, it's a small price to pay for our safety. Thank you, Usagi-san. And that's where the story ends for us. So a, a quick little one-off story, I think, there. A couple new words that we were exposed to. Daikon. A lot of people probably have heard of daikon, uh, as it is a food, and Food Network is so popular right now, and cooking is pretty popular. So it's a, it's a version of radish. And then uh, the word that perhaps a lot of folks haven't heard is hanya, which was defined by Mr. Sakai for us as being the word, the Japanese word for female demon. I don't really have any feedback. Uh, I kind of suppose that's due to the fact that I haven't really gained any new listeners recently and there haven't been any active shows put out in a little while. I hope to remedy that a little bit here, but then at the turn of the year I hope to uh, remedy that much more uh, to my satisfaction than I have so far. I won't apologize for it because just things have happened. Those of you that do listen, thank you for listening. Those of you that don't, you've missed out. The show will get back on track and you'll continue to miss it. And that's unfortunate, but maybe word of mouth will pull you back in. If you do want to leave feedback, uh, several ways you can do that. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. Ronin Rabbit is on Google+. Plus. Uh, I do post the episodes when they go live. I post notices on the Usagi Ojumbo Dojo Facebook page. 
Ronan Rabbit doesn't have a Facebook presence per se other than that. Uh, they also are released under the Teal Productions Facebook page. That is a page for all the podcasts that, that I am involved in. So you will get noticed there if you're not on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo page. You can like Teal Productions and get notice of when Ronan Rabbit goes live. Also, the email address is usagipodcast at gmail.com. So those are all the ways to get a hold of me. Uh, do so if you uh, have anything that you'd like to add to this. Otherwise, next time I'll give my thoughts on... Issue number 26, cover dated January 1991 of the first volume of Usagi. Still a Fantagraphics production, the story entitled The Duel. Thanks a lot, folks. See you then. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.